chief coach, the sports dad, the sports parents, here to talk grassroots to the professional game and what it takes to raise the next star. Hello and good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you may be. You're listening to the Chief Coach Podcast. In episode one, we spoke about the journey of a child's progression into sports and where it starts from, the parents. Today in episode two, we continue where we left off from with our first special guest, Yinka Tomori. He is the father of star Chelsea football club player, Fikaya Tomori. Welcome and thank you for joining us, Yinka. Hey, thank you, Koei. I must say that kind of introduction flatters me big time. Um, first to say that the Inca is the father of star Chelsea player. <laughs> He's a Chelsea player, but I'm not sure about the star status. Yeah. <laughs> and then calling me calling me a special guest. I, I don't know. But thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad to be on the show. As far as far as we're, we're concerned, any any professional athlete is, is is regarded as a star because they have their role models and, and the parents um, are equally stars. So you are a special guest for us. Ooh, okay. <laughs> So thank you, Yinka, once again. And um, yeah, so I mean, this podcast is, is all about uh, the child's journey in, in, in sports and, and, and where uh, it really starts from, which is the parents. Um, and having you here um, is, is very important because you're able to give firsthand experience and shed some light as to um, your, your experience uh, managing a, a professional athlete um, from, from birth, basically, um, and to where he is now. So, I mean, um, so tell us what it's like to be a father of a professional football player. Yeah, um, I think because you, you've known a person from birth, you know, a sports person, you know them from birth, it's, at least from my point of view anyway, it, it isn't, uh, it doesn't feel much different in terms of the individual. So, um, you know, the boy grows up, you take him to football, he, he attains certain levels, he gets uh, to, to be elevated to play in a bigger team or in a better setup, etc. And you enjoy that and then he, he attains professional status. But I think depending on how you have built a relationship with your child, it, it, isn't, uh, it doesn't transform that much within the household. However, the transformation or the changes you see come from the outside world. So for example, when you, when you see things on, on the internet, once in a while you have to kind of remind yourself that this is talking about your son, you know. And so those are the things that come with it. And then um, I think one of the things that I have found all over the, over the years, especially the last maybe three, four years, is that people think that um, because you're the father of a professional football player that there's this air and grace about you or, or something, you know, that unique. And um, it's not unusual for, for people to meet me for the first time and maybe a friend just scripts, you know, oh, you know that he's, he's Ficato, my dad. And the person goes, whoa. And then after a while they say, you know what? I would have expected a uh, professional footballer's dad to be different. And I ask them, in what way? Uh, and they kind of say, maybe, I don't know, maybe they expect it to be a bit more aloof or to, you know, to work with a bit of a swagger. Um, <laughs> but that's the outside, that's the outside world. But in the inside world, um, I think I think being a professional footballer's player probably carries more more of a stressful point in the sense that you know when you're out there once in a while you have to remind yourself that if you say certain things or you do certain things the impact might not just it might just go beyond you and also affect your your child. So those yeah. are the little things that come up 
internally, I, I don't think that it, it's much different, but externally it puts you under slightly more pressure in terms of what you do, what you say, where you go. And um, also um, because of press coverage as well. I remember there was a, I think there was a, a while ago, maybe maybe two years ago or so, when, when Ficara's team, uh, Derby County at that time, played Manchester United and they won. And I think I had a bit of a jig. I had the dance in front of my TV to celebrate it. <laughs> and, and I think my, my, my daughter then recorded it and I think sent it to my son. And I think my son then shared it with a friend. And as you know, these things just go out there. And I just thought to myself, that, gosh, I didn't know it could happen that way. But those are the things that come, come with it. Um, and um, obviously, there are certain benefits as well, because I think, you know, when, when you get into a situation like a discussion with a person, or even in business situations as well, once they, you know, somebody gets into the, this conversation and they go, oh, by the way, do you know Fikayo Tomoya? You say, oh, yes, he's my son. Boom that's it all of a sudden your business discussions change into football etc so in some ways it, it provides some benefits um, I, I think that's about it yeah no, is I mean, there anything else that i've missed that you, you want to hear no that's i mean that's fantastic um i mean what, what i was going to say is obviously when when your when your video that was recorded uh, went went through the various channels, uh, I'm sure you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to become an Instagrammer now in in terms of fame. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it as a very negative thing because I think it wasn't a very pretty site. I think half of my shit was on top and stuff like that. So, <laughs> there well, I'm sure I'm sure that that's something to always, always look back on. So, I mean, leading on to to kind of the next thing is how did it all yes. start? I mean, I mean, before Fikari became a professional footballer, he would have followed a certain path, of course. Uh, can you tell us what it took? Uh, how involved you were and things you discovered along the way? Um, here in the UK, the, the normal trend is that kids start playing football from around three, four, five years old. And so they, they, they have all sorts of toddler groups, etc. And um, it all started with his mom, actually. Many, when he was like about three years old, uh, over the summer, there was a flyer came through our door saying that they wanted um, kids who were like three, four years old to, to find something to do over the summer holiday. And that it required them to, you know, come in for the small camp and play a bit of football. And he and I, even though he was like three years old then or four years old, we already spent a lot of time watching football on TV. And he knew a lot about it and he just loved it. And he kept everything in sight that looked like a football in the house. <laughs> so his mom took him in to, to that program. And then um, after about four or five weeks, he said I had to come and see him because uh, he said he, he did quite well. So I went in and I was told that he'd been moved up. I think he was, I think he was four years old then and he'd been moved up to play with the five-year-olds. Oh, wow. And I, when I went to see him, he just ran through everyone. And, and I thought, hang on, this guy has some talent here. But that was all we thought about. And then when he was six years old, um, he signed up for a Sunday, Sunday football league. Um, and he just, he just played that league. We as parents just took him to practice, I think, on Saturdays and took him to games on, on Sunday afternoon. And that was a bit of a challenge for us because we had to juggle church and, and playing football. Et we found a way of juggling that anyway. Um, and so we just thought, yes, a young man having fun, getting fit, you know, broadening his mind and social skills, etc. And we were then told by um, by his coach then that um, somebody was watch, would like to watch him and needed our permission. And I said, yes, no problem. And he told us that this person was a scout for a Chelsea football club. 
we thought nothing of it, nothing of it at that point. Um, but after about a month or so, he came to us and he felt Pikaya was a, was a very good player and that he'd like him to go to, to Chelsea's center of excellence. And he went there and to cut the long story short, before we knew it, we were told that he, they'd like to take him to, to their main academy. And so that was how, how that part of things uh, started. Um, we had to be involved in the sense that, you know, dropping him off, picking him up. Um, and then uh, once he got into the Chelsea setup, we had situations where we'd have to arrange midweek drops, et cetera. So that, that, that took quite a bit. And uh, the way things are set up as a parent, it's, it's almost impossible for you not to be actively involved in that process. Uh, and so we just, we just saw that evolve. We, when he started, when he went there as a seven-year-old, it was, you know, let's see how things go. Um, we were speaking with a few other parents then who had taken their kids to West Ham, to Arsenal. In fact, some of them were juggling three clubs at the same time. So you can imagine the kind of commitment that would involve. Mm -hmm. We, at that point, didn't feel that football was, was a way for him. We just felt it was something that he was just learning and enjoying. And uh, my wife and I said then that Chelsea is the only place we're going. Once they tell him to pack his bags at Chelsea, that is it. And so that was how things started. And we just, year on year, we, we just saw him continue to grow and develop and enjoy what he was doing. And we just went along with the flow. And um, yeah, when he was 17, he was, he was asked to, to sign professional papers. And I, I think, oh, sorry, 16. That was when I, I really thought, hang on, okay, something might be happening here. A lot of people felt I was ignorant or rather naive to have waited that long to, to consider it. But unfortunately, that's just the way I was caught. I, I think maybe the... Uh, the, a certain part of me felt that as a child, it was, it, uh, especially his background, etc., his academic excellence and achievement was important alongside football. So I didn't want to raise one above the other. So I, I you know, supporting in football, supporting in academics, supporting in grow up, growing up in life, we just put all of them up together. But when he, when he was 16, I had to make the choice, make the choice to, to either, you know, sign professional players or do something else. That was when we really felt, yes, this is, this is going to be Oh wow, wow! That's, I mean, that's amazing uh, insight into into the into the path uh, as to how it uh, all started, and and obviously you've taken us through the 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 steps um, and and how he got scouted um, and 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 joining the center of excellence before then getting into an academy. Um, I mean, sticking onto that um, in, into that particular area um i mean it must have been obviously difficult for yourself and and your wife as parents uh working and then juggling this at the same time and i mean what i wanted to ask was what what sort of advice would you would you give parents around this um how do they balance this um if they're if they're to see their son or daughter go in in, in the same direction mm, i think it's difficult to to help or to say exactly how one could do this but Hundreds, in fact, thousands of parents go through this. Um, one of the things I, I always highlight to people is that we are one of the lucky ones because a lot of hoops, a lot of uh, obstacles come along the way. And I know parents who have given 10 times more we have in terms of what we've given in terms of time and commitment. But I do think that if, if your child enjoys a thing, you, you, you tend to make time for it. Um, and also because you, if one looks at it from a very holistic point of view. Um, sports is a, is a key part of a child's development in terms of social skills, in terms of physical fitness, general well-being. And so 
parents need to find ways of, of doing things. And in our own situation, for example, there are times when my wife would take him whilst I get on with other things, especially if we have another child. Um, there are times when, you know, you have to make sacrifice in terms of work. I think once or twice we've had to kind of take, you know, maybe take a day off. And one of the things we've always kind of consoled ourselves with is that this child is with us maybe maximum 16, 18 years. It's best for you to do it as much as you can for them. And thereafter, they get on with their lives and you get on with, with other aspects of your life as well. So it's just that sacrifice over that period, I think, is, is, what, is what matters. Um, as a parent, if you can do it, go ahead and do it. Perhaps going off at a bit of a tangent here, but I think it's important for, for parents as well. This is one thing I advise everyone uh, on when it comes up and they ask me about, about you know, the future. And it is good to assume that your son can do well in any sport and perhaps make a living out of it. But if you hang your hat on it, then you are doing yourself a big, big disservice. Do it because you want your child to develop, to grow, to interact, to be happy. And then what happens after that is, is you know, it's a bonus. I think not everyone will see it that way, but that is the way I, I see it. And I think if you look at it from, from that perspective, if the child succeeds, you encourage them to, to get better, et cetera. If the child succeeds, good. If the child does not succeed in becoming a big player or in any sport, becoming someone big in that sport, you are not disappointed because you know that you have done something to, to support your child. Um, I know people who, for example, when we were growing up with, with the boys, who would say, maybe parents who lived in the same area would say, look, you know, I'll pick the, your boy today and next week I'll take both boys, et cetera. And so effectively sharing that burden. So as, as you get involved and as things evolve, it, it is possible that you make such interaction. But it is important to make sure that you are thinking about the child's development and all you can do to, to make them happy. Whilst you whilst you have them under, under your roof, that I think is the best approach to it. Well, that's um, that's very that's 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 very useful tip, and and I'm sure parents uh, that are tuned in and listening will will, will take that on board. Um, and leading on to the next area, which is something you already kind of um, alluded to um, around protecting your child. Um, obviously, with with um, with fame comes the media, comes all sorts of. Uh, of, of, of traps, um, if, if one was to put it that way, where obviously journalists are looking for loopholes to, to put a story out. Um, I mean, me as a parent myself, I know how protective we can be of our children. Um, now in sports, general talents are popping up everywhere. Scouts, agents are there in numbers watching the children. Um, I guess, what advice can you give parents about dealing with approaches, um, especially from scouts and agents? Because um, I, I also look at, um, at, at Africa, um, where perhaps on the continent, it's, it's not as well regulated um, as, as in Europe. Um, so it's, it's always useful to, to, to get first, first-hand um, uh, insight from, from a parent and, and, and what you've had to deal with, with, with scouts, agents, and then putting out stories that are not accurate. Um, so how do, you, how do you protect your, your, your son from that? Um, I think, unfortunately, I, I can't look at it in, in a fully African context, which, which I think is a bit unfortunate, I can't do that for, for you. But from a, from, a, from a setup that we have here in, in the UK, you haven't got much of a choice but to spend quality time with your children. And I do think that we are the system, perhaps in a place like Nigeria, would not 
force you to have that level of interaction with because you have so many people supporting you. I think as a fundamental part of life for a parent, you have to start off by making sure you have a good relationship with your child. That is the first thing. So that if anything happens before the child kind of you know, gets, you know, out of sync with things, they can come back to you. It is very, very important. And the most of the time, things would have happened way beyond our control if we do not have that kind of relationship with our children. So it is important that at this early age, as you are, as you are, you know, taking a child out to sports, etc. In fact, it's one of the best times because when you are, you know, in our own case, then I, I would say to my to my son, I said, you know, you're stuck in, with me in the car now, especially when I'm driving him back from, from <laughs> sports events. I think you're stuck with me now, so you have to listen to me. And I'd ask him questions about what he thinks about life, about his aspirations. And so over time, a lot was already in place in terms of knowing the child. So when it came to things like dealing with um, with sports or agents, etc. Um, so far, for example, almost everybody knows that if you speak to my son about something, the first thing he would say is, um, well, give me some time to think about it. And next thing he picks up the phone and speaks to me and then, they would go back and say, I'm sorry, my dad says this, so it's not happening. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, and, or he'll, just, he'll just send me a message saying, um, Dad, this person says they want to do this. Would you like to speak with them or not? If I say no, that's it. And I think that comes because you have built a relationship. So I, I think it's not just for football alone. I think for life itself, for your children to trust you to a great extent, that is what I think so far so good for me has helped. So I think that's a sad, starting point for, for protection. In terms of looking for agents or uh, agents and advisors coming into your life, or into your child's life, I think again that it is important to have taken time to study those around you. A lot of people have gone before us, a lot. Some have succeeded, some have failed, some perhaps have had pretty indifferent experiences with agents, etc. And I think it's important that one takes time to look around. We certainly did that. Those who had gone before us like a year, two or three years before us, we spent a lot of time just asking them how they went about things, what the thoughts were. We spent time asking one or two people at the club as well, saying, you know, when is the best time to do a certain thing? And so that kind of creates a, a good structure for you. You have, you have a variety of ideas or thoughts about how things should be done. And interestingly, over the last, say, maybe four or five years as well. I've had so many parents who are like two, three, four, five, six years behind Fikaya saying, we have looked at what you're doing and we think that we'd like to learn a bit from it. And I say to them that, that I did the same going forward. And so I, I think um, one has to first get rid of any feeling of thinking that uh, you've got to keep everything to yourself. No, you need to go ask those who have gone before you so you can pick up wisdom. Um, the Bible says that in a multitude of advisors, you know, you counsel, you get wisdom and you get answers. So I think that's a key thing. Okay. And then when it comes to agents as well, if you to pick an agent, it's important that you speak with, with prospective agents when the time comes and also to find out how they've done with other players and how they've succeeded in, in certain situations. I think that's important um, because again, the, the agent or the scout effectively has, uh, has an inroad into your, your child's life. And so you have to protect that and make sure that whoever that person is, be it scout or agent, if they're going to have that level of interaction with your child, they must understand that child's background and be able to, to align their plans for the boy along those lines. Of course. 
of course. No, that's, I mean, again, that's, 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 that's great. And um, it's, um, it is, it's, it's very useful, um, as you've kind of mentioned, obviously, learning from those ahead, um, those that have gone through that, um, that experience to be able to, to share the same sort of insight, because we, we tend to find yeah. that. Um, a lot of young talents um, get approached early on and, and it's, they get, I mean, scouts and agents are approaching them younger and younger these days. I mean, I'll tell me about it. <laughs> and it's, um, it's a case of really protecting your child. Um, but I mean, you've, give, you've given some really sound um, advice and points around that. Um, now, on, on, on the contract, um, I mean, you mentioned obviously earlier on that he signed his professional con- first contract when he was, 16. Um, I mean, when Fakaya signed that first professional contract, how involved were you as a parent? Uh, we often hear of fathers or mothers acting as agents for their children in this situation. Is it something that you were prepared to take on? And, um, or w- did you want somebody else to, to, to handle it? So the first part, as I mentioned, is how involved were you as a parent? Um, and then the second part is, was it something that you were prepared to take on? Um, First contract when he was sixteen, he he did not have an agent then, and um, I I effectively took the part of the agent then. Um, it was it was a pretty straightforward thing. There wasn't any complications about it. I think for for parents, it, it's a very very fine balance as to how these things work. And I think as a parent, once you your child gets in, involved in football and it gets to a point where or any sport, indeed any sport, where they are going to take on professional status. Parents have to spend time to educate themselves, educate themselves about, about, you know, a bit about the law, being able to spend time to read things, and then also get reasonable advices. I think to be able to say, for example, if you, if you have a, a friend who's a, who's a lawyer or something to say, you know, this has come up in this, what do you think? Usually at, at 16, unless the person is like Mbappe or someone like that, it isn't anything complicated. So. Um, parents have to make that judgment. Do I have the, you know, the requisite skill to, to get things started? If you feel you do not have the skill, then I think that it is important for you to get people who will help. I'm, I'm a chartered accountant and, you know, I, I think by, I've been in the profession for like 30 years now. Um, so that helped me in some ways uh, because I, could, I was able to handle a bit of financial and legal, you know, part of the, of the agreement just to see what it entailed. If you know you don't have that skill, then it, I think it's important to get somebody who can help you go through that process. I, at, at the early stage, yes, I, I think based on the skills that a parent has, you can get involved. But I think it gets to a point as, as, the, as the child gets older and perhaps the activities get a bit more complex, that you get people who can help you through. We as people have all sorts of skills and, and, and especially when it comes to, to, to finances and talent and, and scoping things and gathering information. We can't do everything and we, we need people to support us. And I think that is, that is where you decide um, when, when you think an agent should come to. It was something that we had to ask a few people as well as we went along the, the road to say, look, when do you think we should do this? And, and people you know, gave a similar advice. What are the skills you have? What can you handle? And again, that's why it's also important to, to make sure that you, you, um, you, you know the agent or you spend time getting to know what an agent has done 
because you know if you're an agent for example there's, there's still that primary desire for you to make money although you know that you know you have to keep that you know that golden goose the goose that is the golden egg you've got them doing well but the agent also is in, in the business to make money so that is why a parent also has you know needs to educate themselves reasonably well or get one or two people they can trust who do not have any financial dependence on the on the setup so they can give an objective point of view very important uh, because at, at this stage is when when contracts come into place i think parents also have to be careful and, and it's one thing I pray about all the time. I hope it never happens. You don't want to find yourself in a position where your, your child is 35 years old and is looking back at you and saying to you, you know, why, why did you not, you know, get the relevant experience or skills or ask people to support you in that way? Because if that has happened, all my hard work over the years will perhaps, I'll, you know, have given better results, you know, especially post, post-professional career. So it, it is a... It is a very uh, difficult one to balance out, but I think if, if one considers most of the points I have said, I, I think it would work. We, after the Fikaya's first contract, I think it was mainly handled by, by us because it was pretty straightforward, but as, as we it was getting to the time when we had to do a, a second one, at that point we felt, yes, it was important to, to get someone who would be able to look at the football part of things for us, particularly because we, you know, we didn't feel that uh, other areas would be difficult for us to, to understand or comprehend. So that, that's how we went through the, the first, the first one. Okay, I mean that's I mean that's uh, that's again really useful to to know because um, in in this line of, uh, of profession, sports and and dealing with uh, with agents, professional clubs, um, associations, um, there is a lot to handle. And, and as you as you've rightly said, um, if you don't have the skill sets, it's it's important to try and spread that across um, yeah. those that are experienced to, to to handle it. And I, and I guess that that is the 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 difficulty um, a lot of parents do face. Um, some, some often immediately they find their, their son or daughter is uh, getting scouted or offering, offered a contract. Um, they're, they're quick to jump in and, and want to, to handle the, the, the whole career. And, and sometimes that, that may be a, a bad thing because the parent might lose sight of the welfare aspect of looking after their, their son or daughter in the way they should and start to think more on a business term. Um, and that can interfere a lot. Um, it's, it's something that I've seen with, 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 with one or two uh, yeah. young talents coming up. And, and when you try and give them this advice, it's, uh, they're always reluctant. Um, but, I mean, you've given, up, given out some sound advice there again in terms of knowing exactly when to hand off. Uh, hand can, I, can I jump in here, Koi? Yeah, sure. As, as a parent there is no way you won't be emotionally attached to the process. Mm -hmm. So if you, what perhaps an agent or other parties would bring to the equation is, is a bit of pragmatism, you know, business thinking, because, you know, it's like, um, I always say it's when over the years, if you pick up a, a newspaper article and somebody says, um, that player is awful. I wouldn't buy him for a dollar or a pound or whatever it is. You look at it and you smile. But when it is your son's name there and they say, what a useless player, I won't buy him for a pound. It hits you in a different way. Of course. But you won't be able to make, and so at times your judgment will be clouded and it is having something to, to separate that. Mm -hmm. And I think as parents as well, 
it is important for us not to look at the money part of things too early. We need to see, look for what is good for the child. I know, I know a lot of parents go on, on and say, yes, you have to train them. You have to get them triggered. And they tell you about Tiger Woods and the Williams sisters. Fine, it is, it is, it is good to, to ask them or to, to push them towards excellence. But if your motive is the money part only, then you might just get things wrong. I think if you have, if you get your child to be the best they can be, then if that area is good enough to generate an income for them and perhaps some benefits for you later, fine. But I tell you, if as a parent, if you if you have that level of, if it's possible, financial independence from your child, it empowers you because when you when your child or when you advise your child they know that you are doing it for their own interest as opposed to yours. Now, I fully agree. Again, some people are, you know, their financial position is, is not good at all. So that child would gladly help as well. But I, it's important for parents to look at this as wanting to develop the child first and to protect his child's future. And then benefits can accrue to them later on or to whoever it is. That is the best approach. I have seen it again many times here where parents have looked at the money part of things before the child's development. And so objectivity goes out of the window. It, it, it's a bit more selfish. Sorry, I have to. No, I mean, it, it, just, it, it just it, came to mind and I thought it, I needed to throw that in, yeah. especially because people who are listening to this. Of course. I mean, it, it, it also, it also leads on to, to the last part, um, which is, which is the financial management. Um, I mean, in sports now, as we know, uh, so much money is involved, and, and in particular football, of course. Um, uh, having so much money at a young age, um, a lot of these academy players are getting money, money thrown at them, cars, um, and as they grow up, they're buying flashy cars, uh, taking private jets, and getting caught up on the wrong side of the media. Um, for all sorts of reasons, obviously, how to manage manage your wealth. Um, how, as a parent, do you protect your child from this and, and keeping them grounded? I mean, you've already mentioned something about the fact that anytime you're in the car with Fikayo, uh, it has your chance to really talk to him and give him uh, life lessons. Um, but there is a, a lot of money involved here. Um, when you see the contracts, you see the sums that are being signed, um, and people start to think, oh, um, he's getting that much money. He's buying these types of cars. He's living his life like this. But how do you, how do you keep them grounded? How do you protect them um, from, from, from all of that um, and making sure that they keep their, their, their head, head on their shoulder? I mean, Fikayo, fortunately, I mean, as, as I've seen it, and um, he, he, comes, he comes across as very well grounded and, and, and can act as a role model. But as a parent, what have you had to, to kind of guide him around on the, on the financial management aspect? Thank you. And uh, Fikai, I hope he, long that continues, long may continue that he's, he's grounded and he's focused. Um, and yes, in terms of that part of things, I am so, so proud of him. I, I say to him all the time that even without any professional sports involvement, et cetera. He has been somebody who has brought us a lot of pride and joy in terms of how he's lived his life. Um, yes, I think they, they, quite a bit of money comes their way over time. And again, we mustn't forget that not everybody gets to that big money part of things. But as a parent, 
we still have to prepare them for life. And I do think as a, a lot of the points I've raised earlier kind of comes together for this one. By the time you take, spend time with that child and you're talking with them, and particularly, I mean, pardon me for saying this myself, but if your child sees the examples you have laid, it becomes difficult for them to, to make certain choices. So I, for example, from a very early age, I tell my son about how we spend time planning our finances. So I can sit in the car with him and some days I'm talking about finances. You know, mom and I make sure that we plan for the future. We make sure that we set something aside. We make sure that we... And so over time, he's begun to realize that for you to, to, to do well in life, you can't afford to, you know, consume everything that comes your way and you've got to think deeply about how you plan your future. So, for example, he's, 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 uh, he's about to complete, by God's grace, uh, a degree in business management. It was because from the early age, I told him that, hang on, assuming you do well in football, if you have resources at your disposal, how will you manage it? And that was something we had in many, many car conversations. So when, when it came to the point where, you know, he signed a professional contract, even before he did that, we already knew that he was going to, to, to go forward with education, et cetera. So one of the things, for example, we told Chelsea when, we, when he started was, was that they will have to give him time to, to do A-levels, et cetera. And the club supported him for it. Those are the kind of things that I think parents, I mean, I'm not saying everybody has to go along the same route, but that, those are the kind of things that happen. So that has already been laid up in his mind to say that you've got to prepare for the future. Obviously, if you have good resources, enjoy it but plan for the future. And also, you know, over time, they've got to realize that the more money they make, the more there's an expectation on them, placed upon them by the public and people around them. And so reminding them that they've got to be good examples. So I think if that foundation has started well, fingers crossed, things would help in making sure that the, the child can, you know, gets protected, gets grounded, and, um, Again, as a parent, if it is possible, for example, that your child supports you, you know, because I, you don't, you, maybe you are a low income man and the boy has a talent or girl has a talent that brings immense resources in. It is important that as a parent, you are, if you are showing that child prudence as well, then that, that child begins to realize that, hang on, this is the way I'm being taught. If, for example, the child makes 10 pounds and even before he says anything, even if he, wants, if he says that, I need to buy you a gift. And you say, no, 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 don't buy me a gift first. Here's 10 pounds, let's see. How much of that are you going to save? How much? So once you have set that tone down, it, the, the, the child being grounded becomes easier because you have set the tone. But if as a parent, if you go for, you know, you like can't wait to be flashy, et cetera, the child will find it easy to do so. Um, at times, again, if the parents have not had built that relationship, it becomes difficult for the parent to influence the child's thinking when they begin to spend money on certain things. Um, I think again, that is one, that's a background, but another part of the equation is that God help us that we also have children that listen. Because some of them, you can give them the very best in terms of the grounding, but they, they tend to, some of them might just you know, go off the map. But 90% of the time, you know, uh, the Bible says this again, says, you know, you know teach a, a child the way you should go and it will not depart from it. So 90% of the time, 
if that grounding is right, if you have said things right, if you have lived by example, I think it, it becomes easy for and then when they are facing the challenges you can communicate with them when you feel there's something being excessive you can call them because they they trust you when you call them and say you know i think that's a bit excessive maybe you should give that a bit more time and also encourage them you know part of the things you know we do over time i'd say to my son is that you know it is important for you to set targets for your aspirations so you'd say to my yourself if i begin to add x then I'll buy this. But if I don't earn that figure, then I won't buy it. So those things kind of motivate them and help you plan. Or some of them are age-related. You say, oh, I won't do this until I'm that age. You know, stuff like that. I think those are things that help financial management. I think it's important that for parents as well to, even if you're not, you know, a finance person, etc. your child at 16, 17 cannot be financially savvy enough. And at times you have, you have to rely on financial advisors to help you. I think it is important as a parent then if your child is earning a substantial amount of money for you to take time to educate yourself. Take time to educate yourself. So when, when a, a, a contract is put in front of you or an agreement, you can, you can read it and go, what does that mean? Or ask people to advise you on those things. But more importantly, for you to educate yourself to a certain level. You don't have to be a, a PhD holder or a genius. Little question, why is that percentage in place? Why does it have to be two years instead of three years? Stuff like that. So I think those are the ways in which you can help and protect your account. I hope that gives a bit of your, or am I being too deep? No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, the, the deeper you go, the better, to be honest, because... Some people, some people say that, I, you know, gosh, I, I take this a bit too seriously, but, but, but I mean, it's it, free. It makes your life easy. We're, talk, we're talking big numbers here, so it's, it's, it's important that people have a full understanding of this. And, and something that you've, you've highlighted quite a lot about um, over the, the conversation is, um, is education. Uh, it is something that um, I, I, I tend to talk about a lot to, to, to young um, athletes uh, and their parents, um, is to always ensure that um, there is still that balance. And, and it's probably the Nigerian in me, to be honest, and, and you, you'll probably agree with me. Yes, <laughs> I agree with you. I hope I'm not running out of time, but it's, uh, this is the example I use. In America, in the United States, a lot of the sportsmen come out of the university and collegiate system. A lot of them come out of that system. In fact, a lot of universities in America would say to people who are playing basketball, et cetera, that if you don't have a 3.0 grade point average, for example, you will not be allowed on the team. In fact, the sports scholarship they have is based on having a 3.0 scholarship you know, grade or something. So the system is set up for you to excel on the academic front and also on, on, on the basketball court or on the, on the, on the um, football, American football court sister court uh, field so those are things that help that is one aspect of things however financial education is an entirely different perspective so education means that you can you have that mindset to be able to think and comprehend information but you must also take the effort take the time to study financial information and to know how to handle it because again the america american sportsmen especially those who have gone through football and basketball i think they say something like over half of them, even though they've earned millions, still go bankrupt within, say, five, 10 years. Again, it's planning and thinking and not financial management and financial information and financial education is on top of whatever education you get. It helps you. 
that's and that's why the education is that to broaden your mind and to help you to think. So that's what I see. No, and, and I mean to be honest, that that goes to the point you made about knowing exactly when to 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 hands off to to experts because yeah. finances. I mean, you fortunately are a chartered accountant, so so it does help. And and the example that you gave in terms of. USA and, and how a lot of athletes go bankrupt um, and what you what you tend to find is when you look at the stories a lot of them have entrusted family <laughs> to handle um, handle their, their futures and it's not necessarily always the best way as, as, as we tend to see so having somebody neutral and, and an expert in that field um, definitely serves as, as more of a bonus uh, to, to guiding you. I mean Yinka it's, it's, um, it's been great uh, having you and, and you sharing your insights as a parent of a professional athlete um, before you go it'll be, will it be Newcastle, AC Milan uh, for, for, for Fakaya next? I'm not an American citizen, but I'll plead the Fifth, fifth Amendment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Or, 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 or to be a Brit, I, I'll, I'll use the Brexit term we used recently. Um, <laughs> in Brexit, they say, nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. So, very, but hopefully very, something happens over the next... Very so. good way to put it. Um, thank you again for tuning in. This is Chief Coach. Stay safe and keep healthy. <laughs>